Nimrod's organic. Wolverine. Everyone knows it. Hello, and welcome to the Examination Podcast, where we ascend to failing status by examining the latest Marvel comics and stories that we love the most. This week, we'll be talking about Powers of X. Ten. It's not an X, it's ten. Powers of Ten, number two, written by Jonathan Hickman and with art by R.B. Silva. I'm your host, Quentin Nimler, and joining me today, as always, are Dane Rainier. Hey, guys. And Kelsey Strutz. Hello. We have an amazing show for you today. But first, let's hook up the Cerebro and check out what's new in the world of Marvel. All right, in news this week, uh, Marvel announces a new live-action radio drama podcast. According to Geek.com, Stitcher will be producing an adaptation of the Alice Rocks, uh, sorry, Alex Ross illustrated classic. This podcast will be available on Stitcher exclusively. Stitcher is the same company that did the Wolverine audio dramas popularized uh, by that serial style. Uh, is this something you guys are going to check out? Uh, I will take a uh, head on this as I have actually been listening to the Wolverine podcast. Uh, Wolverine, I believe it's called The Lost Trail. And it is pretty it's, much awesome. The Long Night was like the first season. The second no, season is called The Lost yeah, Trail. Yeah, yeah. Long Night's the first season. Lost Trail's the second season. And both have been great. The The first season is kind of a noir mystery well, the second one continues that. I mean, it, you you get introduced to Wolverine pretty quick in that one. But yes, I, I will probably check out another Marvel related podcast that they put out. Um, I I kind of enjoyed it. I didn't listen to the first season all the way through. Uh, and you missed something. It, it got good towards the end. Uh, yeah. It, if if you kind of approach it as someone who doesn't know a ton about Marvel anyway, it's it really builds towards a pretty good climax. It has one of the better lines that I've heard in fiction in a while. Oh, pretty big promise from Kelsey. Um, that um, Kelsey gives it his five star approval. If you want to go check that out, uh, let's put it another- this way: it makes a children's book much more frightening. Ooh, there you go. Um, another great uh, audio drama podcast. If you're into that, is uh, Hunt the Truth. It's like a Halo podcast that came out, and it stars Keegan Michael Key and has tons. I'm sorry, I don't of, think that's Marvel related. Uh, actors. I don't uh, actually. I think Marvel did some uh, Halo comics back yeah, in the early 2000s. No, no, it's true. I don't have enough to disagree with him, Kelsey. So I'm gonna have to have to let that one go. It's actually true. Google this, a, Dane. You got bet. you got tabs open. Google this. <laughs> well, um, that's that's worth checking out. Keegan Michael Key uh, is in that as the main character. Um, these shows sound pretty great. I was surprised to hear that Marvels is being adapted because I associate that with the great Alex Ross artwork. Kind of take that away. It's interesting how they're going to make um, a compelling audio drama that lives up to kind of the visual style of that. I don't, I don't know how they're going to replicate the qualities that stood out to me, uh, but we'll see. Sometimes those are pretty good and you seem to like the Wolverine ones. All right. That's kind of all the news we had kind of a slow news week. Uh, this week, our listener question comes from Andy at Google asking, welcome to Gmail. Would you like to try our app on their mobile platforms? I'm no. just kidding, but we don't have any listener questions this week, but we want them. So to me, my X-Men with emails, write us on Twitter at examination. That's at E-X-A-M-E-N-A-T-I-O-N. 
examination or email us at q.examination at gmail.com with your Wait, listener can't you lie to us? I, I could, I could, but I'm, I'm trying to be honest. Give us big questions. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll leave uh, Jonathan Hickman to give us misdirections and, and lies about what's actually happening. Uh, with your listener questions and Marvel 20 questions, suggestions, feel free to email us or, or tweet us. Both are great ways to contact us. Um, this week, we're going to discuss the following question. Which video game featuring the X-Men have you poured the most time into? Which video game featuring the X-Men have you poured the most time into? I, I have my My heart wants to say it's the arcade game, but I know that that can't possibly be true no no i know i can tell you the game what is it it's x-men legends 2 i don't know i don't know you you poured the most time probably into that one it's been replayed it's been rebought what are the other options because i mean of of the arcade games it's definitely that six person one but i've played some of those X-Men Children of the Atom. Children of the Atom. I played that a lot. But I just, I just feel like it can't Genesis be... X-Men game. I just feel like it can't be any arcade game that I could have possibly spent the most time on. But, it's not an arcade. It can't be. But, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run through the games that have featured the X-Men. We'll go one at a time, then I'll let you guys answer the question. Maybe this will help bring some memories. Back in 1989, uh, on the Nintendo Entertainment System, the Uncanny X-Men was released. It has Colossus, Cyclops, Iceman, Nightcrawler, Storm, and Wolverine. Robust lineup. Um, The next game to come out was uh, X-Men and Madness and Murder World. Came out on the Commodore 64. (laughs) I have no idea what that is. They Uh, have gone to Murder World more than once, by the way, in video game form, in the old 16-bit consoles. Oh, um, on my list is probably Spider-Man and the X-Men. Spider-Man and the X-Men. I was just going to say that. That's that is my answer because my grandmother. You guys are going ahead. Yep, that's it. One second. We got X-Men Two: The Fall of Mutants. I came out on PC. We've got the Genesis game and the like arcade um, X-Men. You guys remember X-Men? Like just the uh, 1992 release, the video game on Mm -hmm. Sega Genesis. I yeah. think it was on Genesis. Maybe it was the, the one in Sega Genesis. You had Wolverine, mm, Colossus, maybe Cyclops and Storm or something. I don't know. I always wanted to play as Wolverine. That's what mattered. Yeah, that's what really matters. There's Spider Man and X Men Arcade Revenge. There's yep. X Men. Okay, this is the Genesis one. So there's two X Men. Then there's another X Men that was on Game Gear. Then there's X Men Mutant Apocalypse. That's uh-huh. the one you're thinking of. SNES. You can play Psylocke. Yes. Ooh, nice. yeah, yeah, I had that game. Gambit. Um, X-Men Children of the Atom. Classic. That was a classic. Fighter. Uh, X-Men 2 Game Master's Legacy. <laughs> Never heard of that one. I was on Game nope. Gear. Um, X-Men 2 Clone Wars. Several X-Men, X-Men 2s. <laughs> it can get confusing pretty quick. Um, X-Men vs. Street Fighter. Yep. Oh, yeah, yeah. X-Men 3 Mojo World. Um, X-Men, The Ravages of Apocalypse. I've missed so many. X-Men, Mutant Academy, which Did I really played the heck them? out of. Uh, X-Men, Mutant Wars. X-Men, Mutant Academy 2. X-Men, Reign of Apocalypse. X-Men, Next Dimension. That one had like the leathery uh, look to them. X-Men, Legends. Now, now it's going to start getting familiar, by the way. X-Men, Legends. X-Men, Legends 2, Rise of Apocalypse. X-Men, The Official game x-men destiny 
X Men, um, Days of Future Past, iOS release, and then the rest are Wolverine games. But any of those stand out to you guys as a game you poured the most time into? Yeah, it's, 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 yeah, it's X Men Legends too. No, it's it, for me. It's Arcade's Revenge, the uh, the SNES game, because my grandmother had a Super Nintendo when I was a kid, and I know I played that game. Nah, that was a good one. You had to run away from the juggernaut in one of them. Yeah, you have to play that first level as Spider-Man. And I remember how hard uh-huh. it was and my cousin had to beat it for me when I was younger. So that way I could get my choice of the X-Men mission. To be the X-Men? You could be Gambit. Yeah, you had to run away from the the, the rolling the spike ball. Yep, yep. Like an Indiana that. Jones. The original okay. X-Men one for Genesis was good. I remember, uh, other than the BS fact that you had to use mutant power to have your claws pop out as Wolverine. I just... I had, tr- I had trouble with that, wrapping my brain around it. Yeah, but in the arcade game, you had to use your power to shoot the shockwaves out of your claws. Yeah, you, you know, everyone had a projectile. <laughs> yeah. For me, it's hard. The arcade game, I definitely... I just remember being at Six Flags. There weren't a lot of arcade machines in my hometown, but I went to Six Flags, and rather than ride roller coasters, I spent more money at the arcade the whole time. Spent $40 so, in order to spend your quarters? Yes, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> We quit going to Six Sweet. Flags after that pretty fast. My parents learned their lesson about the value of taking me. Quentin ruined Six Flags for his family. That That's the lesson. Away. That's the lesson. Well, speaking of ruining the uh, continuity. Oh, did we say continuity or Six Flags? I don't remember. Speaking of, um, let's go ahead and get a quick recap of what happened this week at Gray Malkin Lane in the latest issue, issue Powers of X number two. Powers of 10. Powers of 10. All right, uh, as always, spoilers ahead when we're doing a recap. Again, we're broken down into the four different stories. We start at X-Zero. Xavier, we see now in the chair, uh, is with Moira. They meet with Magneto. And Moira and Xavier kind of loop Magneto in on the fact that she's a mutant. And Magneto semi-reluctantly agrees to join forces. We skip forward to our X-1 story. Uh, Cyclops meets with Xavier and Magneto on Krakoa. And we found out that that data Mystique and her crew stole is about the Orcus organization. So the X-Men now know about the station orbiting the sun, and they know that it can make uh, master molds and we, or excuse me, mother molds, which can make master mold uh, to make more sentinels, sentinels. And we find out this is likely the birth of Nimrod. Scott Summers, like the badass that he is, agrees to take on an action hero adventure to destroy the Mother Mold. Moving forward to X2, we find out Apocalypse is the leader of our future mutant group, and with Wolverine calling him Boss. Zorn is very bleak. The Plant Man is confirmed to be Krakoa, but he's using the deceased body of Cypher, and he uses Cypher's power to decrypt the data that Rasputin and Cardinal brought back. And it turns out all they were looking for was information on where the information that they're looking for is located. So they still have to go get it. But now it sounds like we get a good old-fashioned suicide mission. And Apocalypse is leading the team. So, uh, oh, and then Nimrod blasts some mouthy humans to wrap up X2. Uh, In the X3 storyline, the thousand years forward, Nimrod gives a speech and we're introduced to Phalanx, a galactic super intelligence, and the people of that world seem to want ascension. We have a couple more data inserts in this issue. One about uh, Nimbus, a planet turned 
super intelligent entity, and then a insert on the types of societies and galactic intelligence. A lot of a lot of info. Yeah, um, pretty interesting issue, Kelsey. Uh, what did you think of this issue? Do we like it? I really do like it. Um, again, it, it's something new for the X-Men themselves. So it seems a bit unique and easier to get into, I guess, in that regard that you don't have all the background. I mean, if you do, you still remember from previous installments of the X-Men that you had the phalanx show up before they're, they're the individuals who introduced the techno organic virus. Um, individuals, I guess, being a very loose term to be using for them as they're basically a giant, hive mind um i like the differences between both house of x and powers of 10 and the powers of 10 seems to be just showing snid bits of the entire timeline that they're trying to achieve while house of x is dealing with one specific timeline and it creates an interest in to see how the house of x timeline connects into the powers of 10 one because obviously a lot of the individuals from House of X will not make it to Powers of Ten. So it's a long game, a long con, if you will, sort of storyline. Yeah, I, I, I enjoy the bouncing. It seems like, you know, we started with the year 10, and then this last issue with Moira kind of took place during year zero. So it'll be interesting to see where they go from there. So let's break it down by time period and talk about what we liked, what we didn't like. Um the biggest thing from year zero has to be, does this mean Magneto is known the whole time too? Does this mean that there's a retcon and the X-Men comics we know aren't here? What was your guys' take? I mean, we, not a retcon. We, oh, you we talked about this last week about how, I guess it really comes down to what life of Moira are we viewing in these X-Zero stories. But if we are looking at her most recent life, Life 10, and if that is everything we know about Marvel comics. That seems to indicate Magneto has known this the same way that Xavier did since the very beginning. But I've also kind of thought there's maybe a possibility that what we're looking at is the lost timeline, timeline six that we don't see uh, previewed that specifically left out of that last issues data insert. But I don't know. This, this seems to kind of indicate the most, I think the easiest thing to grasp is that Magneto's known the whole time, the same as Xavier. Yeah, which seems interesting that they let things play out the way. Yeah, they it, it kind of define whole time. I mean, is is since the formation of the X Men. Yeah, again, I'm I'm treating this as its own timeline that the original X Men that you had uh, from before that originally went to the island of Krakoa, etc. That's already happened in a previous timeline. At least that's where I'm coming Yeah, I from. think you would say that, that you thought everything that we know yeah. from comics is like timeline four. So what are you saying it happened in an alternate timeline and the story we're reading now is separate? Yes. Other than the, the idea, too, that it's a different timeline, but it's a timeline adjacent. The idea that when Mora dies, it doesn't end a timeline necessarily. See, I, I was under the assumption that we can't assume anything as far as like what the core universe is. There's obviously well, some weird play with timeline six, but I was wondering if the Marvel universe we know 
is timeline six and the big reveal is that no longer exists. I hope that's not the case. I mean, it could be. Like you said, you can't assume anything. I'm, I'm going to be really disappointed if if this story is a a complete hard restart on everything. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying that's with the timeline or the the continuity I want, but I'm I'm interested to see if that's the direction they take it. And I, I'm a little more open-minded about that than you are, but I was under the assumption that Magneto saw what would have happened in the, in the normal timeline, and that's no longer the case, and that him and Xavier are now in cahoots. So it, it's definitely interesting. And, and with these weird variant X-Men, I'm wondering if they've, like, implanted memories and, and pulled them from different points, and that's why they're in different costumes, because, like, they basically, like, hand-chose certain X-Men to come back to life and stuff. Yeah, which, which I, X-Men they wanted and from where and when. I yeah, want to know how Xavier's they in a plant. wheelchair again. Or you mean out of the wheelchair? Because they, they well, flash back to me in the wheelchair. Yeah, but he's not in a wheelchair when he first talks to Moira, unless he's, you know, I mean, I know he's sitting on a bench, but there's no wheelchair near, near him to get up into. Yeah, it, it does seem that when he first meets Moira, he's not in a wheelchair. And then in this story, in the X-Zero timeline, he is. And now he's I mean, walking again in the x I took that as an indicator that, he's pa- that time has passed and that him and Magneto have played some things out since then. And now is the time to reveal the Magneto. Yeah, I mean, it definitely seems that some time has passed, and I think that's the other thing we have to keep in mind. Is like they call each other. Older yeah, friends. and that X Zero is not like an individual moment. It is, you know, a matter of years up until the yeah. X One storyline start. Yeah, so we're definitely interested to see where X Zero goes and how that the long term ramifications of the story we're getting at X Zero. Um, X1 really seems like the X-Men are going on the offensive with Orcus, uh, unlike the kind of X-Men of old. What do we think of? Cyclops kind of gets his uh, BDE moment. What did you guys think of that? Loved it. Absolutely loved. I mean, I, lo- I love that that version of Cyclops, that he's not the, the Boy Scout of 10, 15 years ago, that he is, uh, you know, he's a leader. He's going to do whatever it takes. And this is the Cyclops from before him. Uh, I, yeah, it really I feels like the... Whedon, Brubaker, Fraction kind of Cyclops that was the leader of the X-Men yeah. and, and doesn't mind taking the initiative. And that, that was cool to see. But he's not inherently taking the initiative. He's doing what Xavier wants him to do. That's true. He, I mean, he is he's very clearly not a I mean, number one. But with Xavier back, I, I don't hate it. You know, I hope that he gets to develop and grow still. But... Uh, He's still Xavier's Boy Scout. It's just not uh, necessarily. Boy it's not the same dream. Boy Scout that's going to lead a full frontal assault on a space station. Yeah. Just for Xavier's dream. It's just a different dream this time. I think he's a good old Marine now. Kind of grown up. Um, hardest Boy Scouts. What do you guys think? Uh, one thing I've noticed is it feels like Moira's completely gone from Powers of Tin. Uh, I mean, on the as far as this uh, X one timeline goes, have you guys noticed her showing up at all, or am I imagining she's this? in the very first panel? I'm talking about the X. Um, so this uh, the the second timeline, like the time jump. So not X zero, oh. X one. Yeah, was she? Could in that X- imply she's no longer with us at this time period? Has she been in House of X? She wasn't last issue. It's the main character. Well, I mean, what do you? Yeah, but that. 
That was played from a different time. That was played early on in the time. Well, that was from the X, like the X Zero storyline. Yeah, that Moira's been in, but she hasn't really been seen in the X One. Yeah. Quentin, when you say no longer with us, do you mean like with the team or alive? I, I either because one, it, anybody got thoughts of where she? Could I mean, be? if she's if she's dead by the time the X One storylines come around, it means either she's run out of lives, which sounds kind of uh, video gamey. Or it means that we're seeing a continuation of a line that has already restarted. Well, again, they restart for her. There's no, there's nothing to say that those lines don't continue. Right. Regardless. That's, that's what I mean. Yeah. Is that they may continue after her, but that it it reboots. So this is either a a past life of Moira after she's passed, or she's like I said, she's run out of the lives, and now the world just keeps on rolling. I mean, I feel like there's got to be misdirection with Saber 2. You look at even the way Pepe... Uh, sorry, this isn't Pepe. Um, you look at the way he's even being drawn, oh, Xavier, in this one. Um, yeah, I guess it is Pepe, Laras. But either way, you look at the way he's drawn in the first scene, like in the first timeline, and like look at the way his chin and face looks. like He just seems like two different people. And I don't know how much of that. He's like very skinny in the... Um, the second timeline that we have, the X one. Yeah, he's in that weird bodysuit though. Silva yeah. is your artist for this one. Yeah, Pepe's house, yeah. Silva's powers. Yeah. Okay. Um so, so just that's be, you have two different artists. Yeah, that does change the appearance pretty um, significantly. Yeah. Well, I mean, even in the earlier part, I'm just saying, I think Professor X is a lot different facial structure. I don't know if it's on purpose. I don't know if it's just like the way the helmet looks. He has to draw it skinnier to make it not look weird. I just thought it was Well, I mean, technically, if, uh, if we're keeping the same storyline from Astonishing, it's a totally different body. That could, could be true. Um, oh, yeah, with X-Men comics, there's really no telling. X2, we get some developments. Uh, still cryptic as to what the mutants are looking for. Um, but the re- reveal that Apocalypse is that chosen leader or whatever that we were talking about earlier. Anybody surprised by that? What do we think? It's interesting, especially considering we know... I, I guess I'm curious at this point how many people know about Moira's abilities. You know what I mean? Because it's, it's another hundred years forward if that information has become more public, if it's kind of secretly known. Because I could see a situation where like, you know, if Apocalypse finds out he was a pretty key player in that that ninth world um, about, you know, kind of taking charge and knowing that he's sort of done this before uh, and being a bigger part of it. Yeah, I think it's interesting. I think, to me, the implication is Moira has united. Uh, she hops from timeline where she's counting on Professor X to a timeline where she's counting on Magneto. She's counting on Apocalypse. And all three individually, they fail her. So kind of bringing the big three together seems like a natural thing for this main timeline that we're following. And there's an argument to me that Apocalypse has always been an agent of evolution. And that in some ways that robots sort of don't play a part in that. And so that this is kind of a, you know, robots rising to a part of supremacy are kind of a a perversion of evolution. Yeah. Um, we kind of also get the confirmation that this red Nightcrawler-esque character is definitely named Cardinal, so we'll be using that term uh, going forward to describe him. 
Uh, I wanted to point out on Krakoa, when you see Krakoa, he's kind of got this gold piece on his head. I was wondering if that was a little bit of Warlock. Uh, not incredibly important until you get to that X3 timeline. But uh, if Warlock's still around, um, if you've read Annihilation Conquest or, or followed the Warlock as a character, his race, um, the Technovores, are, are an enemy of the Phalanx and able to destroy them. So I'm wondering if that's a through line that's going to carry into the next uh, storyline. I mean, uh, we'd be amiss without talking about Nimrod, though. What do you guys think of our Nimrod little piece they put in here for us? It's only two pages, yeah, but I, I love Nimrod more and more every time he's he's on the page. Like at this point, I if anything comes away with this this whole story lasting, I hope it's Nimrod. I hope we get to keep seeing this Nimrod. Yeah. Nimrod himself has been very entertaining. The fact that he has a personality. Yeah, he definitely lightens the mood for being uh, this bleak timeline that we were about ready to see Zorn just go super dark. So it's kind of nice to have that Nimrod break. You can tell Hickman loves his Nimrod too because seems pretty unnecessary, but ends up stealing. Yeah, the show. page has those two pages have really nothing. You could have cut them, and I thought about not including it all in the recap, but I just I couldn't bring myself to not mention Nimrod. Yeah, uh, you would definitely be a mess without it. Uh, moving forward here, uh, let's jump. Any, any more thoughts on X2? No, it's like I said, that this is kind of the most cryptic one. There's still a lot of mystery. We don't know exactly what the goal is or what they're after. I think it's interesting, though, that we found out Percival, who died back in Powers 10-1, uh, was a, that he could like kind of shadow mutants so they couldn't be detected. Now they don't have that anymore. Also, I feel like before we move on, Wolverine and Magneto just like beacons of like what a positive lifestyle can do for you. Because, you know, we watch Wolverine 15 years in the future and he's old man Logan. And then we see him like a thousand years later and he's uh, looking healthy. Well, he's only, it's only a hundred so, years for it. At, at oh, just a hundred years. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't, put, don't put an extra zero on there. So sorry, a hundred years in the future, and he looks looks pretty good. Doing looks all right, little like little gray good. in the beard, but he'll make it. Yeah, may, maybe. Magneto's so. the one that I don't Magneto, understand how yeah. he's alive, though. What's another hundred years? Might as well. He's you know magnetically manipulating his aging process. Age, <laughs> those powers exist. Yeah, I'm. Krakoa definitely has that history of like it has cloned people and replicated people before. I'm. I'm going to bank, if we're, if we're going to put money down on a theory, which could be a fun thing to do, I, I would say the thing I'm almost guaranteeing, and, and my theory is that there's some sort of Krakoa cloning going on. What do you mean? Anybody anybody have any theories they'd take to the uh, bank? That seems the most reasonable. What do you mean Krakoa cloning? I just That's think the pod Krakoa... People. There's an Excalibur issue where Krakoa has um, created alternate versions of the X-Men that Nightcrawler yeah. finds. And they're like mindless husk, I want to say, in that one. But I think Professor X figures out how to imprint uh, his people he loves and the people he cares about. Like imprint those X-Men minds into yeah, the husk. I have, I have almost no doubt that the the cloning process that we're talking about is pretty central to Krakoa. Especially considering that opening, the very opening scene of House of X 1 with Xavier and that like, you know, the big sort of tree of life scene. I have no yeah. idea that's to me, my X-Men. Yeah, very Krakoa central because I mean that's sort of the whole theme of them in this. Is it's just natural. It's very possible he's lost teams of X Men too. Yeah, it just keeps growing new ones and throwing them in. Yeah, it's also interesting. Like they have the sinister line going on that 
seems interesting to me, but do you think the, the, the powers of that, the timeline one X one kind of our modern day X-Men, do you think the cloning's going on even then? Or do you think it's purely in this timeline, the X two? Well, no, I think it's going on. X one. I think it's going on. Cause remember I, I told you that I think, I think they have the world like that's what that biodome is. And so I think that's what's in that is that it, at that point, Xavier's maybe keeping it secret that, you know, like the rest of the X-Men maybe aren't totally chill with knowing that he's cloning them. And so he can kind of keep it secret and shrunk down in the dome. But I have, I have no doubt. It's like the Venture yeah. Brothers episode. Remember the Venture Brothers episode where they find out that they've they, died like multiple times. times and they really just have backups. More, more. That's a deep cut Venture Brothers ref. Yeah. So yeah, I'd almost be surprised if like the original X Men aren't the ones actually in the dome though, and that all these are other his ones clones. Are yeah, that could that could be true. Yeah. But the thing is, we've seen so few of the X Men characters so far. Like that's what I'm really hoping for and looking forward to in the, the coming issues. Is like really all we've seen is what Xavier, Magneto, Cyclops, and Mystique, like Sabretooth and Toad, I guess. But Wolverine. Yeah, yeah that, that may not I'm even really be Wolverine. That. that laughing guy playing with kids. Yeah. I want to see Rasputin come back. I want to see her. I want to follow that action I don't, line that she had. I don't want through. Rasputin to ever come back again. Are you serious? Oh, that sucks. No, oh. I'm not. I just know Quentin really likes Rasputin. <laughs> or rain on that parade. Um, well, well, I was like, you got a hot take there, there, but it was really just you wanting to shut Quentin down. <laughs> I could appreciate that. Game well, recognized game. Uh, X3, man. Uh, just like the last stand, this is the kind of what were they doing? What's going on with Hickman X three? What's your guys take? Why? Please, please don't ever what's reference the, the last stand again. What? I don't remember that film. I'm pretty sure it's no longer considered the worst X Men film, uh, which is a feat they, in and of itself. That is. Shocking. I don't think they made a third X Men film. They had a British. Joke. I don't remember that. You shouldn't. That's good. I don't. There wasn't a third one. Um, so getting kind of back on, uh, your boy Nimrod's back, but not in the same form you remember. Then we find out about a, a Nimrod shell and making a world mind, uh, which as a big Nova fan has a different meaning for me that could still fit this context, but kind of makes me interested. What the heck, guys? What do you think? Excellent. Really easy. You take all your smartest scientists, you smash their brains into a computer. You load that computer into a robot, you shoot that robot at a planet outside of your solar system, and then you make that planet into a super brain. That seems pretty simple. Which you attracts a do more it. complex. Yeah, thing. obviously for the purpose of serving as a beacon for more advanced societies. I mean, I thought that part. In, in three years, SpaceX is going to reveal that they've downloaded Elon Musk's brain into a computer, and they're going to jam it into a rocket and smash it into a planet. The planet sentient, obviously. I think we're going to have to put MAGA in there too. You know? Brilliance. <laughs> it's like a, it's like the um, children's like school time capsule, except sentience and slammed into a planet. But I love it. I, I love the idea of it. Okay. So you were into it at first. I saw that black outline on the main phalanx. It's like, what do you seek? And I, I was like, is that a, one of the black order? Um, Proxima Midnight because it kind of looks like her silhouette a little bit, but oh. I, I guess it's just a weird phalanx thing. And a weird 
they're seeking out attention from phalanx like what what's going on i this is the the storyline i i I think i couldn't care less about maybe it's just because it's so disconnected in time or maybe it's because i need like four pages of hard reading inserts to even figure out what's happening and most of it's just techno babble that doesn't mean anything but i this better tie in quick yeah, or else I, I think it'll tie that. in towards the end, really. I don't think you're getting quite I know, and that's what I'm um, worried about. Phalanx is interesting because it is one of those previous uh, characters, I guess. I'm, I'm going to use that term loosely with them since it's a whole hive mind type scenario. Um, they've showed up before trying to destroy everything because they were pissed about our planet being dum-dums, I guess. Um, but now it seems that in this timeline, this attempt that they are looking to impress Phalanx, therefore to become a part of Phalanx. Um, again, this goes back to my theory that the mutants and Nimrod, etc., kind of come together and this form of ascension is the next stage of evolution to them. Yeah, because they specifically mention in that the write-up thing on Nimbus that it's this, the smartest hundred scientists or whatever, an artist or whatever, of a post-human world. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't say what that means or what that is comprised of, just that it's a post it's, it's very possible that Professor X is in Nimbus as well. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just, uh, yeah. it, Like I said, the, the inserts for me are getting bad it it feels like i have to study to even know the basis of what's going on in these last four pages or whatever it doesn't seem oh you love the homework it doesn't seem conducive to the comic book format like if i wanted to read i would read a book but i want a comic book and these these started as being like cool and they added you know some they accentuated the story and they foreshadowed stuff but now it's like you have to know what's going on here and none of it makes sense like listen to this paragraph a technarch exists as a singular node called a kvetch each kvetch is controlled by an alpha intelligence called a magus each technarch believes it is the only technarch in existence technarch are invisible to other technarch what am i supposed to do with that why do i care i think maybe you read not like an issue later and when a magus or kvetch shows up but like if no. you have to, if the only way for me to understand what's going on is with multiple pages of and paragraphs of this, like just I don't know, it just it, you want them to dumb it down. If you if you have to me. explain it this way with multiple pages of just words and not the comic book format, then I feel the stories. It's multiple paragraphs, easy on the pages. It's a comic well, no, this book. Is, I mean, there's two pages. There's a border that's several large, a little bit larger. We have around two it. pages on the types so, of society, and we have, I think, it's a, a two-page spread on the Nimbus thing. And this isn't the first time they've introduced info this way. It's, it's if you're having to do this to explain your comic book, then I don't think it's necessarily a good comic book. I mean, I, I, I want to hold judgment until we get later. Um, I will also say there. Potential through line to answer questions is like we've got Cypher Krakoa, we got Warlock Cypher, which gives us a branch to the Phalanx because Warlock and the Phalanx are very intertwined. And so if if Cypher and Warlock become part of Krakoa, I think that's your through line from that, at least the um, X1 storyline through this. So maybe they'll connect the bridges and maybe it'll be entertaining. Maybe we've got to waste time here. Oh, we'll find out. But for right now, we're going to head on over to the danger room. 
and play this week's round of 20 questions. Uh, they're going to ask 20 yes or no questions and attempt to guess what the secret Marvel noun is. I've We're got to get started and ready to go. We're going to get started with Kelsey. What is your first question? Kelsey? Are they a character? Yes. Are they a meta? Yes. Are they a male? Yes. Are they an X-Men? No. Are they a villain? Not usually. <laughs> Primarily. No. Okay, so not usually villain. Maybe some villainistic tendencies. Are they street level? Yes. You say yes? Yes. Are they a member of the Marvel Knights? Yes. Oh. Is their costume primarily one color? Uh, I'd say yes. Is their costume white? No. That's ten questions. I think it's nine, is it? I got ten. Do are they associated with one particular weapon? Mm, Not no. I'd say Are they a veteran? Uh, I'd say so, yeah. Kelsey, I don't even know what that question means. You know exactly what it means. A street-level Marvel Knights associate, sometimes bad, but primarily a good person. Oh, oh, oh. Doesn't use a primary weapon, but is a veteran. Oh, oh veteran. I, I was. I don't know why I wasn't thinking of it in a like military sense. I thought you meant like a veteran of like superhero. Quentin, did you answer that in, in, in that, that sense? You asked you, if they when had... I asked if he was a veteran, is that what you were thinking? Oh, no, no, no. I was not thinking like a war veteran, no. I thought you meant like... Ex- comes well, across he still applies either way. He's been around forever. What is... I mean, for example, at this point um, in the comics, I would consider even Spider-Man yeah. a veteran, whereas I consider Miles not a veteran. Yeah, he's been through a divorce. He's a veteran. <laughs> That's true. Well, he's been through a demon life-sucking... Wait, so who are you going for, Kelsey? I'm thinking the Punisher. It's a meta. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's not, not in... Could be Luke Cage, then? Uh, I'd consider him a veteran, but... Uh, does he have unbreakable skin? No. <laughs> it's, it's not Luke Cage. He's part of the Energy Marvel Knights, though? Cage. He's part of the Marvel Knights? We we asked yeah, that right. Marvel Knight. Yep. But they don't wear a white costume. Correct. Okay. So it's not. I believe it's Dane's question, by the way. 
It's not moving. Go? I'm ta- I'm conversing with Danes. I'm not talking. Oh, I to did. You. Um, um, the it's not Luke Cage, basically. Okay, uh, Kelsey. Yeah. Um. Man. Uh, not a monochromatic costume. No, it is monochromatic. Yeah, it is monochromatic. Color. Are they in a TV show? Rephrase that question, please. Are they the series lead of a television show? I'm looking for more like, do you mean like currently on, ever on? I don't want to mislead you. Have they ever been the main character on a TV show? Yes. Ask if that show has been canceled. (laughs) Why? Who are you thinking? Daredevil. It can't be Daredevil. I would say he's associated with a specific weapon. Why? How many? He's been a bad guy before. He was once. I think he's Hydra or something like associated with a specific weapon. You the sticks? Is there is there meta power? Is there meta power teleportation based? No. What Marvel Knight has teleportation powers? What? Just no. He's on a TV show. Um, are they a primarily New York based character? Yes. Are they white? Yes. Is it Daredevil? Is that your final question? That's, that's my question. I'm asking a question of, is it Daredevil? If you ask if it's Daredevil and you're wrong, you well, know. No, what if that's the question? What? That's, that's my question. It, uh, all right, fine. If, if, you guess a, if you guess a noun and you're wrong, you automatically lose. Oh, that's that? why you that, like, That's how all three questions lawyer. have always worked. Did they have a ask show on a Netflix? Oh, yeah. Are they a lawyer? That's, yeah, go with that one. Are they a lawyer? Most of the time. Okay. Swear to God. So are we pretty sure that it's him? Do you see these are last? I'm asking. Oh, we can just ask if it's Daredevil. It down. Is this pri- it's the primary color Why? of his suit red? Yes. Is it Daredevil? Okay. Yes, it is, it is Daredevil. Okay. Um, reason Daredevil is shown, uh, Cypher gets referenced in this comic. The last issue you saw Cypher in uh, was one of those Hunt for, Daredevil, or Hunt for Wolverine comics in which he partnered with Daredevil. So uh, since oh, Cypher's oh. played a big part, I wanted to go adjacent to him. That is a really... Daredevil. I thought you were just trying to make we it easy it. on us. I thought for certain it couldn't have been that easy. <laughs> and so like once we figured out some Marvel Knight, I'm like, all right, we'll just skip over that one. The, the Billy Club's a good point, and I thought about that, but I was afraid you guys would ridicule me if I was like, he's associated with a weapon. I was like, well, I mean, kind of. His big thing is his power. Of, I, like, I will tell you, when I when I asked about the specific weapon, that's what I was I was trying to hone in on, whether it was Daredevil or not. So. Yeah. Well, we got, you, we you pulled through I would say, by the way, Hunt for Wolverine, 
a mixed comic because it's like four different comics. But that one, the one with uh, Daredevil and Cypher, and them really is a really, really good part to it. And I, I told you this when I kind of talked about it. You know it. It was. I'm giving an honest review because the actual X Men centric story is probably the worst of the four. But a, a, a pretty good read. <laughs> Yeah. Um, Daredevil also has a great run by Mark Wade with the red Batman and obviously. Frank oh, Miller, yeah, that is a fantastic one. Yeah. So that about wraps it up. Um, this is all we've got for this week. Next week, I think we're looking at Powers of Ten right. number three. I think yep. we do a repeat Powers of Ten. So I, for one, am excited because I've been enjoying this a little more. And I think the more we get farther in Powers of Ten, the better House of X can be because it can go in a direction we don't expect as as these stories go further, if House of X is focusing on one timeline, I I want to get ahead a little bit and then dive in the one. I will say on. I will say that I've enjoyed all of them to the point that I would like to actually have own the physical copies of all of these individuals. Yeah, I, I, not just wait for the graphic novel, not just the the digital copy, but I I enjoyed them enough that I would like for my own collection just to have them. Yeah. Um, part of it's the experience, guys, and the way you get involved in the experience, being part of this issue, uncovering the story with us, is by following us at Twitter, really joining the community, starting to talk to us, because we want to talk to you. That's about all the time we have for today. Uh, look forward to seeing you guys next time. Remember, next week is Power of X number Power three. We get two Powers issues back-to-back this time, and we're going to learn more about the Phalanx and other intergalactic intelligences, potentially. What's Apocalypse leading look like? Uh, will Nimrod vaporize more people? Who knows? Find out next week on the Examination Podcast. We're going to preview Aquaman next. Hello, fellow Danger Room survivors. This is Dane thanking you for listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode. I want to invite you to join the Examination community by checking us out at our website and Twitter. We'd love to hear what you think of the podcast and get your suggestions for questions of the week and Marvel 20 questions. You can find us at examination.blogspot.com and on Twitter at examination. That's E-X-A-M-E-N-A-T-I-O-N.blogspot.com and at examination spelled the same way. While you're at it, help us grow the community by giving us an Omega-level review wherever you listen to the podcast. See you next week.